wants to accept it, if we have something big to offer. Um, man, he, he wants what we have, um, no matter how big or small that may be, no matter what talents those seem to be or how important they are. And aren't you thankful for that, that God uses those of us with few and small talents? And it's just a matter of giving it to him. And I'm thankful that God uses just regular, ordinary people. One of my favorite portions of scripture is uh, in 1 Corinthians where it says he chose the weak to confound the mighty and the foolish, the, the wise. And um, I love that part, that part of the Bible because a lot of times I get up and I'm like, well, Lord, I don't have much wise things to say. So you better come down and speak something. And I'm thankful he uses each of us. Uh, open your Bibles to Psalms 101. Psalms 101. I want to talk to you all tonight about a personal commitment, a personal commitment. Uh, the teenagers are all worried because um, I preached from Psalms 101 this year and we were there for about 10, 11 weeks. And um, so uh, buckle up and uh, we'll try and get through it tonight. And um, so uh, Brother Edmondson told me I can preach as long as I want to. He said, hey, we over there. He's just just go, just go on. So I, I'm ready for that tonight, Brother Edmondson. I just want you to know. Yeah, he's already given me. <laughs> All right, Psalms 101. If you'll go ahead and stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, and we will read the entire chapter here real quick. It's only eight verses. It says, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way, or when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within mine house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the truths in your word. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the examples you've given us of people who have, um, who have been there and have walked before us. Lord, some who, who prospered in the way, others who failed. And uh, Lord, you, you said in the New Testament, they were in samples to us, Lord, to help point us in the right direction. Lord, we're thankful that the glimpses we get into their lives, Lord, not only just the stories about their lives, but Lord, like David, as we look at him, we can see some of these Psalms that he wrote. And Lord, see, see what his thought process was and what he was going through during that time and how he became a man after God's own heart. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, Lord, that you'd get me out of the way. Uh, Lord, that as I'm here and we open your word, Lord, that I would just simply say what you want me to say and nothing else and that you would come down and you'd work in each one of our hearts. I love you in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. David, known as or described by God as a man after my own heart, a man after God's own heart. Um, man, talk about someone we should try to emulate. We should try and be like, not, not that he was perfect. Um, we read there in the Bible, he was definitely not a perfect man. As a matter of fact, if we were to think of David and what um, the, the first thing that comes to our mind typically with David would be David and Goliath and the great victories that are offered there as we live for God. But if we were to think again about David, the second thing that comes to our mind is probably David and Bathsheba. Um, talk about going from the mountaintop spiritually 
to the lowest valley you can get as David commits adultery and then murder. Um, and, and we see David here, not that he was a perfect person, but the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And that was not done on accident. Man, David chose to give God that place in his heart chose to pursue the heart of God. And that's how David became a man after God's own heart. Um, this psalm here was written um, about the time David brings the ark of the Lord into Jerusalem. Um, that, that's when the, uh, it is uh, supposed that he wrote this song. Um, as, as he brought the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem successfully. He tried it before this and he failed. Um, he had gone and he, he'd followed the world's methods. And... Um, the, as you know the story, Saul, um, or they, the Israelites had lost the Ark of the Covenant back before Saul, back when Eli was priest, and God judged the Philistines as they had that, and the Philistines were like, man, we, we, we can't handle the God of this Ark, we can't handle him, so we're going to send it back to them, and their priest said, well, let, let's see if it really is their God, so they put it on a cart uh, with two with two cows that had milking calves and they, they pinned up those calves and sent those cows out and those cows just walked straight on to Israel. And the Bible says they went on lowing, but they, they didn't turn back. And they went on and the Philistines were like, man, that, that was God. Man, cows don't act like that. And um, so they went down there and the Israelites got the ark back. And, um, but they, they didn't bring the ark all the way back to Shiloh at that time is where the temple was. Um, they just left it there at the, the house where it came to. And so now it's been there all through Saul and now David. And David is there and he says, I want the ark of the Lord back here with me in Jerusalem. Um, David, a man after God's own heart, he was, um, um, you, you know, his desires to build a temple. Um, he wanted to make sure that the Lord was taken care of and that God had a place. And he said, I want the Lord with me. That ark was a picture of God's presence. He said, I want that here in Jerusalem with me, and I'm going to bring it here. And David went about to do that which was right, but he tried to use the world's methods. And um, um, God's, way, God's will done God's way brings God's results. When we mix any of that up, um, God's hand is not on that. Um, man, don't ever forget that just because we're trying to do something that is right, don't take the world's methods on that. Um, God's, God's blessing is never on that. And you can see through the Bible multiple times. You see right here with David in this story. You, you see it with Cain. Man, Cain was bringing a sacrifice to God. That's a good thing. But he wanted to do it his way. And God says, man, I reject you. If you come to me, you come on my terms. And David here was trying to do God's will, the world's way. And God says, I'm not, I'm not putting my blessing on that. And you know the story, they're bringing it on that cart and it starts to tip over. And Uzzah, it, it had been in his house. Man, his father's house is where this place had been. And Uzzah had been raised up looking at the Ark of the Covenant, knowing the God of this Ark. And he's, he's walking along, he sees it start to tip. He puts out his hand to make sure that it doesn't fall and God kills him. Right there, he kills him because he touched the Ark of the Covenant. It wasn't Uzzah's fault, that was David's fault. And David had failed to do it because he used the world's methods. This is not a, a message on the world's methods, but I'll tell you what, I think we'd be remiss if we missed that point there. Um, man, God does not work through the world's means. You can look at that in a lot of ways in life. There's a lot of churches that are taking more and more of the world's means. And God says, my hand's off that. I will not work through the world. You come my way. Um, 
And uh, so David here, um, now he goes back and, and he, he gets his heart right and he does it God's way. They came and he put the staves in there and he had the, the priest carry it and a whole picture of our relationship with God and a personal relationship. I, I won't get on, into all that, but he's bringing that Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord, back to Jerusalem and he's doing it the right way. And man, he's sacrificing every so often and they're singing and they're praising God and he's excited that he's bringing that in there. And David writes this psalm about that time. And this is a commitment from David. It's a personal commitment um, to the Lord. And David saying, Lord, as I'm bringing you here, Lord, I realize that I have done things the world's way before and you judged me for that. And Lord, I want you to know I'm making a commitment to you that I'm going to live your way, that I'm going to do things your way. And David learned a a very important lesson with that, with that death of Uzzah. Man, when Uzzah died, David stepped back and said, how can I bring the ark of Jehovah to me? Man, I can't bring that. Man, God God judged us for that. And he stepped back, how can I bring the ark of Jehovah to me? And we see here in this chapter here, though, and we'll get to it in a little bit, that David says, oh, when wilt thou come unto me? And David learned a lesson. If I want God to come to me, I've got to meet him on his terms. I'm going to go your way. And this psalm is, if you will, a personal commitment from David to the Lord. Lord, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to behave. This is who I'm going to be because I want that personal relationship with you. And it works out. I mean, God describes him later as a man after mine own heart. David, in this psalm here, he refers to himself 22 times in eight verses. Typically, we would say that's probably not a good thing. Uh, you ever know someone who always talks about themselves? Um, man, it, it gets tiring real quick. And typically we'd say that that's not a good thing. David mentions himself 22 times in eight verses. But in this passage, it's a very good thing because it's David's commitment. As a matter of fact, 12 times David makes a definitive statement like, I will, I will not, I shall. And we're going to look through here and kind of break that down a little bit on some decisions that David made that helped make him a man after God's own heart. Um, We see here in the first three verses, we see David's character. David's character. David begins with his commitment to God with himself. Lord, this this is what I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. In verse number one, it says, I will sing... Of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. Now we see, first of all, David's delight. David said, I'm going to delight in you. I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to lift up your name. I am going to choose to delight in you. Lord, you are the one where I will get my joy. You are the one that I'm going to lift up, that I depend on, that I rely on for that joy. Um, there was a Christian comedian. He was a pastor somewhere, and he, he did uh, uh, comedy, and uh, my dad laughs like crazy at him. I laugh a lot at him. But, um, that doesn't mean I'm old like that or anything, but um, he's got good jokes, and uh, he's always telling stories about church. It's hilarious. Um, he's got one on Easter morning, and the, the air conditioning started leaking down, and some of his guys decided to get up there and try and fix it, and they came down above the choir and uh, just his legs dangling there. And, of course, he tells it, it, it. It's an amazing story. It's really good. But he tells all this stuff. He's always uh, telling stories about church and stuff like that. And uh, his, his show was called uh, To Rejoice is a Choice. 
And um, he tells all his jokes and all these stories and all. And th- then he talks about, for a little bit about just that. Um, you know, we, we need to choose to rejoice. Man, it is a choice. And, and, and that phrase just sticks with me. To rejoice is a choice. Um, because it sticks with me that because um, I'm not always happy. And I'm sure some of you don't understand that. You've never, you never had a moment when you're not happy. Um, but, uh, man, there are times I have to choose joy. I have to choose to rejoice. And, and, and David saying, I'm going to choose to rejoice. Why? Because, because I can sing about the Lord. Man, when all else falls apart all around me, I've still got God. Man, I, I love those verses this morning when it says the great God, the great God. Man, I've got a great God. I can always choose to rejoice in him. And David here is saying, I'm going to sing. But he says there, I'm going to sing of mercy and judgment. Man, when I look at that and I think about that, I, I, I think it's easy to sing about God's mercy. Man, it, 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 some of my favorite songs sing about the cross. Sing about the blood of the Lamb. Sing about how God took my place even though I wasn't worthy. Man, it's easy to sing about mercy. It's easy to look and say, I don't deserve what God is doing in my life. I don't deserve heaven. And yet he loves me. And man, it's exciting when I think about that, when I focus on that. And and I, I can sing about that and I can get excited. But David said, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Judgment. And David said, Lord, I'm going to rejoice in you whether it's when you're showing me mercy or when you're judging me. Man, um, wasn't too long before this, uh, David moved that ark of the Lord and Uzzah stuck his hand out and bam, God judged him. And David steps back and says, how can I bring the ark of Jehovah to me? David learned something in between here. Lord, I realize your judgment is what brings me back to you. Um, man, I think of in, in Hebrews when the Bible says, man, if, if you don't ever face God's judgment, you better check your salvation. Because he, he says you're not a legitimate child of his. And he says, I, I'm going to judge you when you're not wrong. But that judgment is a demonstration of love for us. Man, that, that judgment is what protects us and keeps us on that right path. And David had learned a lesson here and he said, Lord, I'm going to sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I'm going to sing to you. Lord, whether it's in good times or bad times, I'm going to sing to you. Man, do you ever have a time when singing is the last thing you feel like doing? Uh, Man, Lord, if you knew what was going on, which he does, if you knew what was going on, you'd know I just can't sing right now. And um, man, David said, I'm going to sing regardless of the circumstance. And there are some times I, I turn that music on and um, I like my music, like my voice, okay? I want to hear that louder than me. That means it gets cranked. And um, man, I, I, there, there are times, a hard day of work or something like that, man, things didn't go according to my plan and I got to turn that music up and I got to force myself to sing because I'm, I'm trying to get my heart right. I'm trying to get my spirit right. I'm trying to say, Lord, I'm going to rejoice even though things aren't going the way I planned. Lord, I'm going to rejoice in you. And I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. David said, I'm going to put my delight in the Lord. We see David's decision in the first part of verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. 
David is here promising the Lord that nothing in his personal behavior would create a situation where he would be out of fellowship with God. God, I'm going to behave myself in such a way that I can have perfect fellowship with you. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Lord, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to have that relationship with you. I choose to behave myself in a way. And you know, have you found this too? I already mentioned about situations, good or bad, or things going back and forth. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to behave yourself wisely in a perfect way when you're mad about something? Um, Man, and then it seems like everything goes wrong. And you're like, oh, it's just Satan tempting me because this went wrong and now I'm mad and I'm all upset. Um, Some of that I don't think Satan has to work too hard to to tempt us to lose our temper and our attitude. And David here is saying, Lord, I'm going to behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Lord, I know that I chose to do things the world's way and then you judged me and then I stepped back and said, how can I bring the ark of Jehovah to me? He's like, Lord, I I know I questioned you that, but Lord, I'm going to behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I'm going to behave myself wisely. I'm going to look at what I should do beforehand. Man, Lord, I'm going to see what what you told me, what you commanded me before I step out there and do it. Lord, I'm going to do that in a perfect way. Hey, not that I am am perfect and not that I can perfectly do something, but Lord, I'm going to do it the way you told me to do it. And Lord, I want you to know that when you've commanded me something, that is what I'm going to do, regardless of how I feel about it. Man, has God ever told you to do something you really didn't want to do? Sure. Man, can I tell you, I don't like everything that is written down in this book. Man, when I'm out and I'm witnessing to someone and I'm, I'm talking to them about how they can know they're going to heaven and um, that it is, it, it's a free gift that God gave it to us and um, I can't work for it. And I tell them, man, if I told you in order to go to heaven, you've got to come to church with me. Would that be free? They say, no. I said, if I told you in order to go to heaven, you've got to get baptized. Would that be free? They say, no. I told you if in order to go to heaven, you had to live a good life. Would that be free? And some people will say, yeah. And I'll say, man, that, that's a hard thing right there. Man, someone cuts me off. It's hard for me to respond right. Man, someone does wrong to me. Man, it's, it's hard for me to behave myself wisely in a perfect way according to what God commanded me. But David said, Lord, if you show me something from your word, that's what I'm going to do. Lord, I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to behave in that. Lord, I I choose now, before I'm in a situation, before I face temptation, before there's an opportunity to sin, Lord, I choose now. You show me your way, and I'm going to follow that. Man, that, that is so important to choose that before we're in a situation. Man, w- w- when I make a commitment to God about, Lord, this is how I'm going to respond because this is what you commanded, and then a temptation comes up, I've already made that decision, and I can turn and do what's right. Okay, a simple illustration. Man, I made a commitment to God a long time ago to be in church. Um, my alarm does not go off on Sunday morning, and I look over and say, am I going to church today? That decision was made. Now, there are some Sunday mornings I don't feel like getting up. Uh, You go through time change, and you're like, man, I hope I can sleep, and and I hope it's a quiet preacher so I can sleep today in the service. And, and, um, you know, I don't always feel like getting up, but it's not an option to stay in bed because that decision was already made. And how much more when we face temptation and sin and things like that to have already made that decision 
If you already said, God, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. If you show me from that word, Lord, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to follow that. Um, we see David's desire in the middle of verse 2. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I already mentioned several times that when Uzzah reached out his hand and held the ark of the, the Lord there, that uh, David says in 2 Samuel 6, 9, how shall the ark of Jehovah come to me? I can't bring God with me to Jerusalem anymore. Look, I was trying to do a good thing, and he killed Uzzah. Uzzah was trying to do a good thing. Man, the ark was going to fall, and he sticks out his hand and stops it. Lord, you're going to strike someone dead when he's trying to protect the ark of the Lord? How am I going to bring you with me? How can I live up to your commands? How can I live up to what you expect of me? All this, the law that you've given me, I can't live up to that. That was David's opinion. When he was out there doing what was right, the world's way. Now David's got a different opinion. He's like, Lord, when wilt thou come unto me? Lord, I, I want that relationship. Man, Lord, I, I want to be close to you where I'm walking with you and I have that relationship. Man, D David stops looking at, if you will, the laws, all these laws that I've got to have and I can never measure up and I can never accomplish all that. And Lord, how am I going to bring you with me to David looking and saying, Lord, if I can just be in your presence. And these laws aren't a problem. Lord, I'm willing to behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it takes as long as I can just be with you. Amen. And we understand those things. Uh, my wife couldn't be here today. Ellie is sick. And, um, but, um, man, I love my wife. I, I, I want to be with my wife. I want to be around my wife. I, I, and with that comes some rules and some regulations. Man, if I break some of those rules, that, that relationship with my wife is, is ended. Man, do I look at that and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe all these rules she has on me and I gotta, I've got to do this and I've got to keep myself only for... Man, wh who does she think she is? Who does she think I am? No, I don't look at it that way. I say, man, that's a small price to pay. Man, I, I remember asking my mom, man, how do I know that I love uh, this girl, and she said, when you're willing to say no to everybody else. I didn't have to sit there and say, hmm, well, no. And I was like, absolutely. I want to marry this girl. I want to be with her with, for the rest of my life. I, saying no to everything else, man, I, I don't think about that. I, I don't go around and think, man, what can I not do because I'm married to Crystal? Man, I, I don't think that way. Man, and, and the same with God. Man, David finally got to the place where he says, Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? Lord, I, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to walk and behave myself in a perfect way. When will you come to me? And David, as he's looking for that relationship, and that's why it's easy to say, um, I, will, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? David made his commitment about his dwelling at the end of that verse. I will walk within mine house with a perfect heart. Man, David said, in my house, I'm going to walk with a perfect heart. David knew this. He said, Lord, I'm bringing your presence with me. I want you in Jerusalem. And Lord, I know this. Your presence doesn't come lightly. That you don't just go and say, hey, I'm going to dwell here and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there with just whoever and however they behave and I'm going to be there with them. David says, Lord, I know that's not true. Lord, I know if I'm going to dwell with you and, and I'm going to spend time with you that I have to walk within my house with a perfect heart. 
that I have to behave myself wisely. Lord, I want that relationship, and because of that, I'm going to make sure my house is a house that honors and glorifies you. Lord, I'm going to make sure that my house is a place that you can come in anytime unannounced. You ever have that? Someone's coming to stay at your house. I know none of you have to go through and clean everything up before someone comes and stays at your house because your house is just always like that. Um, um, and my house is now, too, that I'm married. When I was growing up, it wasn't that way. And, uh, man, I remember my mom cracking the whip. Get that clean. And my dad would come in. He's like, I'm going to do a white glove inspection. And, uh, man, we hated that because my dad would come around on the shelves. He's like, who cleaned this room? Get in there and clean those shelves again. And, um, man, uh, we would go through, we would clean everything up. Why? Someone's coming. And company's coming. That's got to be ready. David is here saying, Lord, I'm going to live in such a way that you could walk in my house anytime, unannounced, come in, and I would not be ashamed. Man, there's nothing I've got to run and hide. There's no room I've got to clean up. There's no quarrels that need forgiven. There's no words I got to put back in my mouth. There's no attitudes I got to check because God is here. Lord, in my house, it's going to be a house where you can walk right in. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Lord, I'm going to be ready for you anytime you would come in. We see David's determination in verse 3. And I think some of these leading into this were difficult, but Man, as you get to verse 3, David says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Man, we see a determination here. David determined to guard, to guard himself. Right there in the beginning, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. David said, Lord, I'm going to guard myself. I'm going to guard what goes in. I think, why is that so important, man? So much of our life um, comes about because of our eyes. Uh, the Bible says in Lamentations, mine eye affecteth my heart. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The Bible says, these things proceed from the heart. And it lists the whole thing about the issues of life. Um, man, we have to guard our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And in Lamentations, again, it says, mine eye affecteth my heart. And we have to guard our, our eyes. We have to guard those things that we allow in. And David said, I'm going to guard myself. Lord, I'm going to put a guard up because I know this. If I'm promising the Lord that I'm going to live a certain way and I allow other things to affect me and I don't guard that and keep it on the outside, I'm not going to live in a way that brings honor and glory to God. And David said, I'm going to guard myself. I, I'm going to watch that. Now, now here's the thing. We, we don't have to look too far into David's life to see when he failed at that. I'm already mentioned, first thing we usually think of is David and Goliath. Second is David and Bathsheba. And the, the Bible talks there about David and Bathsheba. It was a time when kings went forth to battle and David stayed home. It said he was up on, the, on his roof and he saw a woman and she was beautiful to look upon. And David looked and he saw and he lusted. David didn't guard his eyes. Led to destruction. Man, um, four, four of his children lost four of his children in death. The sword never lost his, left his house. Um, man, it, the terrible price he paid because he didn't guard his eyes. And David is here saying, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment to you to guard myself. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Lord, Lord I'm going to guard that. I'm going to guard what I see. I'm not going to allow something there. I, I, I'm going to put up those guardrails. I'm going to put up those roadblocks. And when I'm out there and there's something there, boom, I'm going to turn away. I'm going to get out of there. Um, we see uh, David determined to separate himself. He says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate 
the work of them that turn aside. David said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. Lord, I am, when I see that work, when I see what they're doing, I hate it. Now, do you have anything you hate? Something that that you just can't stand? Maybe it's a food. And and you're like, man, I I cannot stand that food. I cannot eat it. If I eat it, I'm going to vomit. And um, man, I I, I hate that stuff. I, I don't really have anything. That's why I'm the way, the way I am, you have to be careful. Um, man, um, man, something that, that I despise. That, uh, no, I, I, you, you know what? Here's the thing I find. When there's something that, that we really hate, man, we get a little upset about it. Um, man, if it's a food and they put it on there, it's just like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't have that. Don't give that to me. I, I don't like coffee, okay? I don't like coffee. Um, and if you, if you need coffee, that's all right. Some of us go in the strength of the Lord. Some of us go in the strength of coffee. And, um, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't like coffee. And um, not that long ago, I talked about my brat, Benjamin, this morning. Um, my brat, Evie, uh, she came to me during the uh, PR31 rally. And um, she came to me during the rally, and she's like, Daddy, uh, she said, you got to taste this tea. Something's not right. I looked, and I said, I'm not taking that. And she's like, no, Daddy, something's wrong with the tea. I was like, you got coffee, didn't you? And she's like, no, Daddy, it's tea. You got to taste this. I should have asked her honest. But, you know, in my innocence, I thought I could trust my daughter. And, um, but she's a brat. Uh, it was coffee. And I, so I took that. And I didn't take a big drink, but I put that in my mouth. And I was like, ooh, girl. I was like, how do I get this out? I didn't have any gum. I didn't have any mints there. I go and I spit it out. I was like, girl, you're going to pay for that. I hate coffee. I do not like coffee. Pastor, one time, I, 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 carry, I carry around a cup with me. And um, I, had, I had one of our old salt conference cups, if you remember those. I had that, and I, I just take water in it. And uh, so I keep my ice water in there all day. And um, I drink that. And pastor, one time, uh, or it, no, 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 it wasn't pastor. It was Michael. <laughs> Out in the youth house, put coffee in my cup. You have not received your full comeuppances on that. I want you to know it's coming. Um, man, I went there. I went in there for Sunday school, and I reached down, and I grabbed that cup, and I brought it up, but I smelled it before I took a drink. And I was like, what dog? I tell them all, this is the Holy Grail, okay? God, le- God loaned it to me. And, um, man, it smelled of coffee. I was like, man, I'm, I'm done with that. And, uh, man, I, I was not very happy with him. I'm still not happy with him. Um, tonight, after church, man. Um, you know, I, I don't like coffee. I don't want it. I don't want to taste it. I don't like the smell of it. I, I don't want anything to do with it. And um, you, you know what? If someone takes me and they try and make me drink coffee, I, I'm going to bristle up at them. I'm going to say, you, you better bring an army because I'm not putting that in my mouth. And um, you know what? When there's something we don't like, Man, we bristle up at it. And, and that's a funny thing, something to eat, something to drink. Um, man, you, you ever had something that you really hate and then someone tries to force you to do it? Man, um, pastor used to hold me down on the ground when, when well, he's bigger than me again. But be, before, when, when, um, when he was bigger than me growing up, man, he would put me down on the ground and he'd put his shoulders right here or his knees right here on my shoulders and he'd give me a lesson in humility. I don't know why he thinks I would need a lesson in humility, but um, he would just slap my face. 
Just back, oh man, I would get so mad. I said, I'm going to hurt you. And I'd be fighting him. I'd be doing everything I could to get up and fight him. Man, I'd be so mad. Man, he'd get off and he'd be laughing and I'd try and go and hurt him. And he, he was considerably bigger than me. And um, man, I hated it. Oh man, I'd get so mad. He knew I hated it. It was obvious that I hated it. Um, you know, when there's something that we hate, it makes it obvious and David here said, I hate the work of them, them that turn aside. And here's what it made me think. Um, you know, when I'm here and I'm around people that is doing that which is wrong and are doing those things that would bring discord between them and the Lord. And I love the Lord so much. And I say, I want that relationship with God. But I can easily stand around those who are doing that which is wrong, I must not hate the work of them that turn aside. Because it ought to show. Now, not that I got to be mean to people and say, you wicked reprobate, get away from me, unless they're putting coffee in my cup. Um, you, you, you know, not that I've got to be mean to people with that, but it ought to show. It, it, you know, you ever told someone something and you had no idea what they thought by the look on their face? Um, but you ever told someone something and you realized why you were saying it by the look on their face? Uh-oh, I should not have opened my mouth. Anyone else ever been there? Tell me, it's not just me. Um, uh, some of you are looking at me. No, um, but um, man, I've opened my mouth and said things and said, ooh, they did not like that. Hey, that ought to be our expression when there's someone doing wrong around us. I hate the work of them that turn aside. And don't tell me what you were doing last night. Don't tell me what you did over the week. I don't want to hear that. Man, don't, don't talk like that around me. And I, I don't want to hear those things. It ought to show on our face. And David said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. I got to hurry because I told you all I'd do this tonight. Um, uh, David de determined to separate himself. I'm not going to be around them. And we'll get back around to separating himself here in just a minute. Um, uh, lastly, in that verse, we see David determined to return quickly. It shall not cleave to me. I love that. You know, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. There are times in this world that wicked things will be set before mine eyes. Now, I can make a commitment that I won't set them before mine eyes. I can make a commitment that I'm going to turn quickly away and I'm not going to gaze upon that. But there's going to be times there is wicked things set before mine eyes. I can say I hate the work of them that turn aside and I can try and avoid those things and I can try and not be around people who are doing wrong. But there's just going to be times that those doing wrong are going to be around me. David, didn't he say here that no wicked thing's ever going to come before me? No wicked person's ever going to be there. But he did say this, it shall not cleave to me. David said, Lord, I'm going to return quickly. Lord, I'm coming back to you. Hey, Lord, I'm sorry I was down here and I was going along and I was minding my own business. And boom, something popped up that I shouldn't have seen. God, I want you to know I turned right around and I came right back to you. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I didn't want to see that. But Lord, it was put before me and I'm coming to you. Lord, I want a good relationship with you. Man, David said there were times I was out here and someone's living wickedly and they're doing something over here. And hey, I was there and I was maybe around them and I was maybe a part of it. But Lord, I want you to know I ran back to you. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Lord, I had nothing to do with that. I was just there in the wrong place. And Lord, I'm sorry for that. I'm coming back to you. Man, I think of this. When I, when I drove uh, the truck for a while, um, man, there, there were people in there with vile language. Vile language. Man, they were cussing up a storm right and left. And one day I'm out working, and I, I'm out, and I was moving one of those big trash toters. And it was cold out. It was in the winter. And there was snow around. And I put that up, and I dumped that in the truck, and I bring it down. And that thing brought that toter down right on my foot and just 
bam. And whoo, doggy dog, that hurt. You know how it is when you're cold and, man, it hit me hard. And I was like, oh, and man, right away a curse word came to my mind. And, uh, man, I put that toter back. And I remember I got up in that truck and I just, I, I just stopped and I uh, bowed my head over that steering wheel. And I said, God, I am so sorry that that word even came to my mind. Lord, you know I don't want to talk like that. And Lord, I know that that brings discouragement to you. And Lord, I, I would not do that. I would not willingly do something like that. Lord, I'm sorry that even came to my mind. And Lord, here's the thing. I'm working with these guys. And Lord, there are times they're cussing. And Lord, I'm not out there cussing. And I don't ever want to do that. But Lord, I'm there and it's coming in my ears. And Lord, I pray that you clean out my ears. That, that I wouldn't have to listen to that stuff. And I wouldn't hear that stuff. Lord, I pray that you'd wash my mind and get that stuff out of my mind. That it wouldn't even be there in my thoughts. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me that that even come to my mind man what was I doing I was returning to him quickly I'm coming back Lord I need you Lord hey I've got to work out here in this environment Lord there are times people are doing that and it's going in my ears and so it's going in my mind and Lord but I don't want that I'm coming back to you David knew how to return quickly we see David's character there in those first three verses and then I will hurry here we see David's company in the remaining verses here David's company um, the company that he would keep. We see David's acquaintances in verses 4 and 5. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Man, David uses some strong words there. Okay, David's talking about the people around him. And look at what he says again. A froward heart shall depart from me. I'm going to get it out of there. I'm going to get it away. It's going to depart. I will not know a wicked person. I'm not going to associate with them. I'm not going to know them. I'm not going to welcome them into my acquaintances. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. David says, I'm going to sever that. I'm going to cut it off. He says, um, him that hath an high look and a proud heart, will not I suffer. I won't suffer them to be there. Man, he uses some strong words. He was serious about his acquaintances. He was serious about who he kept company with. And these are people I I don't associate with. I don't want them around me. Man, I talk about being at that job and and people cussing around me. Thank God that through through God's power and God working, um, man, I had a testimony there and it wasn't long and they didn't cuss around me and those who were the worst cussers were the ones telling everybody else, hey, shut your mouth, don't talk that way around him. And I'll tell you this, you do things right, that can be done. Um, but, um, man, I thank, I thank God that he was able to do that. But, man, there were people that I really didn't associate with. People that I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not standing over in that group. Uh, things happen there. Things are said there that I don't need to be a part of. Man, I'm not hanging out with that group over there. They're, they're known as lazy people. I don't want to be associated with that. David's here saying, man, there are people I will not associate with. Now, here's the thing. David could have mentioned people like drunkards or adulterers or blasphemers or murderers. He doesn't. And look at what he talks about there. He said, a froward heart shall depart from me. Froward means twisted, false, wrong way. And someone who twists things. Um, It makes me think of um, the movie Oklahoma. And uh, in that movie Oklahoma, the lady's like, we won't break the law. We'll just bend it a little. And uh, man, those people who just bend things to their way man just a little bit of a false way man it's just twisting it just a little 
Man, David says, I, I'll have nothing to do with someone like that. He, um, he says, I will not know a wicked person. A wicked is a lawless, contemptible, someone going contrary to the law of the Lord. Um, he says, whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off, a slanderer to accuse, to gossip. Uh, someone who's going around and talking about someone with someone who can't do anything about it. That, that, that's what a gossip is. In other words, if I've got a problem with Brother Acree over there, um, I ought to go to Brother Acree. If, if, I, if I'm not getting anything done there, I, I, ought to, I ought to go to pastor or someone like that who can go to Brother Acree, someone that Brother Acree respects that can deal with that, that situation. If I'm going over here to Brother Jake talking about Brother uh, Acree there, we're gossiping. And um, man, David said, man, I'm going to cut that person off. You know what? You'd be good to cut off a gossip. Say, so, hey, you know what? Here's the best way. It's a friendly way, but it's the best way to do it. Um, I come over to Jake and I say, hey, did you hear about Brother Seth over there? And he's like, oh, wow, really? Come on, let's go talk with Brother Seth right now and let's get this worked out. Woo, you want to know who I ain't gossiping to? That guy. Man, because he's holding me accountable there. Man, you ought to deal with that. Someone comes, man, you hear this about Pastor? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Oh, I don't know. Let's call him up. Come on, let, let's, let's go. I'll tell you what. I'll call Pastor and set up a meeting. Let's go in the office. Uh, you know who they won't come gossip to? You. And you know what? You'll be like David who says, I cut him off. They came and started gossiping. I was like, hey. You could shut your mouth right there because we're going to talk to him. Man, he says, I'm not going to be around uh, someone who slanders. He says there, uh, him that hath a high look and a proud heart, will not I suffer? Man, the proud, that person lifted up thinking they know what's best, thinking they know what, what they need to do and not willing to listen. Um, and, and I hasten, really. David's friends and counselors. We see David's friends and counselors in verses 6 and, six and 7. He says, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Um, David here had a conviction uh, about his counselors who would be there. Who would reside with him? Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. You, you, you know David. You know the story of David. As David goes, he was bringing people there and taking care of them. David looks and he says, is, is there no relative of Saul that I can take care of? And they say, Jonathan has a son, Mephibosheth. He's lame in his legs. And what's David do? Hey, why don't you come here and why don't you dwell within my house? I'll take care of you. David looked for the right kind of people to bring into his circle of friends, into his, into his influence there. He said, man, I, I want that kind of person there. And he's like, those are the people that are going to dwell with me. Those are the people that I'm going to get close to. Hey, I, I'm always going to try and reach out to everybody, but man, I, I'm selective about who those, those closest to me are. Man, I, I want those people who are faithful, who are going to help sharpen me. Um, he says there, mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Man, David had a conviction about who would reign with him. David was king. David knew he couldn't rule over an entire kingdom all by himself. Man, he's like, I need people in these positions to help point people in the right direction. And David said, who, who am I going to find? He that walketh in a perfect way. Man, that person who walketh in a perfect way, he's going to serve me. Man, he's going to reign with me. I'm going to promote him. I'm going to put him in there. Those are the people I want around me. Because David looked and said, those are the people I, around, I want around me. Once again, it caused for a separation. In verse 7, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Man, I want, the, I want the faithful of the land. I want those that walk in a perfect way. I don't want deceit. I don't want lies. Man, I'm going to sever them from me. I'm not going to have them around me. Then we see David's example in verse 8. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. 
David here saying, I, I will destroy the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Why was it David did that? Um, David's already talked about who he'd have around him. David already talked about how he would behave and, and he's already done all that. He's already separated himself. I think this is David's example for those following behind him. David said, you know what? It's not enough for me to just stand here and make sure I'm around the right people. I want the right kind of people around to influence those following me. Man, I, I want my kids to see good godly people. And man, these people who are living wrong and are going in the opposite direction, I'm going to cut them off. I'm going to cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. I'm not going to have them around to influence my kids. I'm going to guard who is there that my kids can follow and that those following me that my kingdom can follow. I'm going to guard that. And David made these decisions. This is what made David a man after God's own heart. Because David looked and he said, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within mine house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. You know, for David to be a man after God's own heart, took a personal commitment. David is here saying, Lord, I'm going to bring your ark to Jerusalem. I want you to dwell with me there. But Lord, I know you don't just go dwell anywhere. I want to be one that you can come and dwell with. And I'm making a personal commitment that I will live in a way that brings honor and glory to you. It didn't just happen. And David made a conscious decision. I will. That's what made David a man after God's own heart. And I want to be a man after God's own heart. I want to be someone that God can bless. What are the decisions we make? That allow God to say, hey, I will dwell with thee. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word.